This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today I am delighted to welcome a very special guest. He is someone who many of you know, as he was one of the most popular and longest standing hosts ever on the Shopping Channel. For 23 years, he graced the stage and was a welcome fixture in all of our living rooms. And of course, I'm speaking about Richard Nestor. Richard, of course, uh, was a beloved on-air personality who was loved by the audience, the viewers, his fellow hosts, the models, the celebrity guests and crew alike. When he made the on-air announcement that he was leaving TSC, not only was he emotional, but so were all of us, his colleagues on the set that day and everyone watching all across Canada and really all over the world. Not bad for the kid who was born and raised in Niagara Falls and dreamed of being a movie star and made his dreams come true, becoming one of the most popular stars on Canadian television for more than two decades. After getting a job as a waiter at the Queen Victoria Park restaurant, I don't know if any of you remember that, Richard went to Hollywood for two weeks and loved it. He came back, found himself an apartment for only $250 a month, had only $1,000 in the bank, and then got a job as a waiter at the Eaton's department store, which led to a gig at TV Ontario in production. And then a lucky break, he became a freelance host at the Shopping Channel, which quickly, very quickly, turned into a full-time position as host and probably one of the most famous stars they've ever had on the channel. And of course, the rest is history. He was able to parlay all of this, beginning with a dream, into a dazzling career. We are so thrilled and honored to have him on the program today. Richard, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Judy, thank you so much. What an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> wow, I, I feel so honored. But it is so lovely to see you. It's been a long time. Yes, I was trying to figure it out. I think my daughter was two at the time that uh, I was had the lucky privilege of working alongside you for a few short months at the Shopping Channel. I and love it. Uh, and it was so, so wonderful. And my daughter was two. So I think it was about 18 years ago. So a lifetime Yes. Wow. 18 years ago? I would have never guessed that. 18 oh. years ago. And you look, and I and I said this in the green room, but you really look fantastic, like gorgeous Thanks. as ever, handsome as ever. Thanks. I'll never forget when I was there at the Shopping Channel, how kind, gentlemanly, helpful, supportive, and wonderful you were to me and really to everyone. Thanks. So everyone, what you see on camera is exactly what you see behind the scenes. You've always been, Richard, really a true gentleman, and you also made it look so easy. So to go back to how this all started, you and I quote, before you got this wonderful gig, you said, you came to Toronto and said, I had no job, no friends, no prospects, but a big dream. Can you take us back and tell us what happened on that trip to Hollywood? And was it a catalyst for you deciding on this career? Um, well, first of all, thank you once again. But um, yes, actually, it was my ever since I was a child, it was always I wanted to move to Hollywood. I wanted to be, a you know, first of all, I was movie star. And then you learn that being a working actor is more realistic. And when I went there, I went to visit. I don't know why I didn't go back after I spent two weeks there, because I'm sure it was much easier to go to LA than it, than it would be now. But I, you know, I came home and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to move to Toronto and get my dream, have my dreams come true. And, and so, yeah, it started way back then, but yeah, Hollywood was a catalyst still is to this day. I don't know if they want a 62 year old, if they're looking, but if it's you, know. they do. If it's you, they do. <laughs> I'm, I'm still available, but you know, yeah, Hollywood has and will be always a catalyst. It's always in the back of my mind. That's so fascinating. And you started before the, the gig at TV Ontario, you worked as a waiter at the Eaton's department store. What was that like? That must have been very cool. 
Oh, yeah, with the Dundas room. I don't know if you recall the restaurant. It was very, very nice, right on the main floor. And to me, it was such a great gig because it was only Monday to Friday from 4.30 to 9.30. So I had a great, great hour. So I could do auditions during the day and do extra work if I if I could get some during the day. But it was oh such a great gig. I loved it. But that's when I moved on to TV Ontario. I spent three years there. And then I moved on to TV Ontario for 12 years after that. So for 12 years, you worked in production, which I think also explains just how lovely you always were to the crew because you knew what it was like to be a production team member and you really just got it. And do you think that also helped you in your career having that production experience? Big time because everybody knew at TVO that I wanted to be in front of the camera. So when they would, uh, when the producers and the production managers would need, um, a training tool for, you know, they need to train you know, the um, crew inside, whether it's the TD, the director, the production assistants, the camera people, they have to do mock shows. So they would always say, Richard, are you available to come down? Absolutely. So I would do, <laughs> you know, make believe talk shows. We actually did a whole uh, episode of Roseanne. I played the husband <laughs> and, and we script and all we had and just for, you know, for the crew to learn blocking and and for the director to direct and the PA to do all the counts and all that kind of stuff. And then eventually I was doing I started off in shipping and it cost a short stint in customer service. And then I ended up um, actually scheduling the crew. So that's where I got my huge respect. At that particular time, I had 60 guys to look after, 60 men and women. So, I mean, I had to, I organized their lives seven days a week. So I had a huge respect for them. And that's why, uh, even to this day, I mean, it wasn't for the crush. You know, when you have people behind the scenes that help look good out here, I mean, it's dramatic. It's, it is, certainly is. Absolutely. And so now enter the shopping channel. You were already working part-time at TSC as a freelance host, thanks to the lovely Eva, a host on the channel, whom you had met on a corporate shoot for the LCBO. Can you tell us about that important meeting and how she helped get you to the shopping channel? I had this gig and we both got this gig. We worked two days together. Uh, we were shooting at the Sky Dome. And then we were also at that particular time, it was called the Sky Dome, not the Rogers Center. And then we were also at some Spanish bar and it was, we were promoting Spanish wine. So we were doing this video together and I had never heard of the shopping channel ever. And she had worked there. She wasn't working at, at the, the shopping channel at the particular time. So I spent two days and I was just mesmerized when she would say, you know, they give me these items like, like a pen or something <laughs> and they say, sell it to me and, and nonstop talking. It just sounds so scary to me. <laughs> and then we became really good buddies after those two days because, you know, on a shoot, you spend so much time together. And um, so after we, uh, we finished that shoot, she was saying, you know, one day we're going to work together. And I realized that she wasn't working there. And then I was flipping the channels, you know, many months later. And then I saw her back on there and I thought, I didn't know Eva was working there. So wow. I called I called the number. They I asked for her. She called me back and she said, guess what? They're looking for hosts. And at that particular time, I had taken a package at TV Ontario with no prospects. So I left kind of in October. I started in August at uh the shopping channel. Once I left a staff position at TVO, I went into a staff position at um uh, the shopping channel. And that's why I'm retired today. So. <laughs> <laughs> you did a lot of work. You've earned it. You've really, really earned it. You know, you as a as a host on the and I just remember you just stood out. There was something about you that sparkled oh, and you were comfortable in front of the camera. You were comfortable also talking about anything. Like I always say, agate and and pink quartz and, and citrine. I remember having to cram and learn all of those jewels. But you made it seem like you worked it. You worked in jewelry, and if you were doing Christmas tree skirts, you worked in that as well. And you, as one of the most popular and respected hosts, you got to work with many of the celebrities, including Joan Rivers, who became a very close friend of yours, and of course Ivana Trump and and Richard Simmons and George Foreman and Suzanne Somers. And I know you used to go for dinners with Joan and meet and greets with Joan. What are your memories of her? Because I know she was very special to you and I think still is. You, all, you still think of her to this day and remember her birthdays. And is there a memory 
or a highlight with Joan Rivers that stands out for you? You know, there, well, there's so many. It's funny. I got her. I, we even went to New York. Susan and I went to New York and Rachel at this one time and we were working in New York. And I remember I was kind of eavesdropping because Joan, we were, I was working with Joan that night, but we weren't on the air yet. And we were shooting in Brooklyn with Manhattan skyline behind us. And I remember she was being interviewed by TV Guide. And I was kind of eavesdropping to the conversation because I could hear my name come up. And then I, I guess the, the interviewer asked her about working with me. And she says, you know, Richard gets me. He <laughs> gets me. You know, And, and uh, when other hosts would be their first time working with Joan, there, there was a little knack to it because, you know, what I loved about Joan, she didn't want you fawning over her. She wanted you in charge. I'd get up in the morning and then I'd turn on the Regis and Kelly at that time. And then all of a sudden I go, oh my gosh, Joan's on that show. I have her at 10 <laughs> o'clock tonight. So you know she's going to be, by the time I get her at 10 o'clock, she's going to be tired. Yes, yes, so of course. What, when I used to go and have my meeting with her, we all had meetings with her before we went on the air and we went through every single item. You know, I, I just knew every time I worked with her, it'd be like, okay, I'm in charge. She wants you to be in charge. Richard, you tell me what to do. Don't show any fear. If she asks, you know, what's the length of that necklace? And it, I used to tell hosts, if you don't know what it is, don't be fumbling through your notes, make it up. Yes. That's all she wants. All <laughs> yes. she wants is an answer. And, yeah. and, then you, and then, you know, she didn't want to be like, you know, I'm treated as the big comedian and everything. Else. She was just fun. And, you know, she, my, when my mother was going through cancer at this one particular time, <clears throat> she sent all the nurses a great big box of watches and jewelry. And, and <sighs> she was always so kind. One time I was working with her and I was, it was just one of those, you know, watches we were selling. Actually, it was a woman's watch, but it looked good on me and on a man. So I, I kept pushing it all night. And then, you know, we're leaving and she's uh, walking out with her big fur coat and she's going, oh, <laughs> I'm going to send you that watch, Richard. I'm going to send you that watch. And I'm going, well, Joan, you know, thank you. This is Friday night. Tuesday morning, FedEx is at my door with the watch. So I phoned, I phoned New York to her office right away and I said, you know, her, I think her, her name was Charlotte at the time, her secretary. <clears throat> and I said, I can't believe Joan sent this. She goes, as soon as she walked in the office, Richard, that's the first thing she said. You got to send that watch to Richard. She was so, mm-hmm. what you see on TV is, yes, it's a big show. But you know what? She's just a human being and she's fun. And I just knew that, you know what? I'm in charge. She wants me to be in charge. Let's Because she was there to sell. We yes. were there to work. We were there to work. And you always seem like you were steering the ship. And I think this is so important when you're on camera, especially on a live television show like that, that you're in control. You know what you're doing. It's like a comedian. If a comedian is feeling insecure, people will throw tomatoes, right? You got to sort of be, be, you know, sort of in control. And you always were, and you did it so every, was it like that the first time when you first got on or, or were you just going, oh my goodness, deer caught in the headlights? I remember, I don't know if you ever were in the studio and we used to have Celex C on the air. I, sure. I, I love that skincare product. Carolyn, and it was, and I loved working with Carolyn and I had just started. And I remember, I, you know, I, I was so nervous in the beginning. And I, yeah, I was putting on an act. I guess it just came off, okay, during, uh, you know, on air in the beginning. And then I remember I was, just before we went on air, I kind of looked sideways at her and her lip was gone like this. She was so nervous. and. And I had just started and I'm thinking to myself, okay, somebody has to be in charge. Somebody's going to have to take the reins and I think it's going to have to be me. So then, and then I would feel better because I know I'm helping that individual. Like, especially I used to get a lot of newbies, like new guests. That was, it's my first time on the air. Well, just look at me. I'll ask you, don't look at the camera. They'll find you. Just talk to me and we'll have fun. And my, my motto has always been, it's not brain surgery. It's shopping. Let's laugh. Let's have a good time. And I think that's why you were so welcomed into everyone's living room because you were so natural at it, like just like a gracious host. And, but for millions of people, (laughs) Richard Simmons. And do you have memories of him? Because I loved Richard Simmons. Oh, he was so much fun. I remember the first time I met him, I guess he got into the into Mississauga because, you know, we shot in Mississauga and he was there, I think, the day before or something. And he was watching 
I guess he's never been to the TSE before. So he, he was watching the nighttime. And as you know, I always work nights. So I guess he was tuning in and he was watching my shows and stuff. The next day when I, when I finally met him and I, I think I was doing, must've been something in the kitchen with some, cause he kept calling me and not even, not even Richard, when I went up to him, he'd go, hello, whip it boy. Hello. Whip it, boy. <laughs> I think it was some sort of a blender or something. <laughs> and that's it. So we went into his, like with most guests, you don't have to have a meeting because you know, they, okay, we're, how we start off with what's, what's your, why is your product so different? You know, all that kind of stuff. But I remember our first meeting and there was his people. I had the producer with me and I had probably some of the stagers and myself and he took out his little Barbie bag and he said, you know what? I saw your nails. Give me your hand. And he did. He gave my he gave me a manicure while I was <laughs> by our first meeting together. Oh, what a dear. So oh, he was so much fun. But like with Joan, with Richard, with Suzanne Summers, I was huge fans of theirs before I even entered the doors at the shopping channel. So to actually meet them and work with them and I'd say to myself, I'd be driving home on the Gardner Expressway <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning going, and I get paid for this. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? This is bliss, right? This is bliss. bliss. You were doing my bliss, yes. This this was your bliss, a hundred percent. And you also had very close relationships with all of the hosts, and really it was like a family there. And I think you're still in touch with a lot of the hosts. Can you oh, tell us oh, about that? Oh my gosh, Carol Fish is my best friend. I mean, we. So I started in 1995, I think probably even 94, I guess, even earlier than that, freelancing and stuff. And Susan and I started at the same time. We're still, we're all still in touch. And Tanya. Tanya. Tanya Manaki yep. and Tanya Kolar and Greta, uh, all of us, we all, we are, but for not messaging each other or we're, 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 we're all trying to get together. Uh, Sandy Savelli, if you remember Sandy Savelli, sure. uh, Sandy. I and Carol, we're going to get together. We're going to go to a patio. Uh, so, you know, it's funny. I've made lifetime friendships from working there also. Yeah. We're going to get to a little bit later on in the show about what happened when you left and the way people were just like bawling their eyes out. We're going to go on a short commercial break, more with Finding Your Bliss when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7 downtown. We are joined by former TSC host, Richard Nestor. Family has always come first for you, Richard. And even though you weren't the oldest of the four boys, you were a family of seven, you were the one that everyone always looked up to in your family. And you sadly lost your parents, and then you suffered the passing away of your identical twin brother, Randy. I'm so sorry about that. And your life really changed forever when you got that phone call about your dear brother passing away in Italy. And I think that phone call was the catalyst that changed your whole life. Yes. And you're one of four brothers. You had an older brother, two younger brothers whom you've always been responsible for. Can you tell us what happened when you found out about this tragedy and really how that was the catalyst that made you leave TSC? Well, and it's, and it's funny because my it, yesterday was my older brother's fourth anniversary since his passing. So sorry. And thank you. But you know what? I'm not immune to it. This is not just for me. This is what I talk about. You'll find your bliss afterwards. And what doesn't kill you does make you stronger. And my my key thing for your listeners to, to Judy is what I've done for years, and maybe that's because wanting to be an actor. I'm like my, my father passed away in 1997. That's when I started rehearsing. That's when I started making a plan. That's when I started strategizing. I mean, because 
I knew then with because I had my two brothers that I am that I'm caregiver now for, um, they're both mentally challenged. Now they're high function. They have their own apartment. They both have full-time jobs. They're great. That was my biggest fear because I kept thinking, wow, dad's gone. Oh, this is really going to, who's going to look after them? And then 12 years ago, my mother passed away. So I, my older brother, so they, they all, they lived together, three of them. So when Randy passed away, that was the ultimate change in my life. And you know, just talking about it gets me upset, but that he was in Rome on vacation. And, um, I just got this email from his partner. I got up in the morning, I was just having a coffee and they, they I think they were in Rome for two weeks and it was almost, they were finished almost their holiday. And I opened up my emails and all it said from David was, I need your number. And I knew. And so I, I felt like, well, Randy's there. Why do you need my number? But I just knew. And then he, the next email was he passed away. And, and I hadn't seen him since or anything. So that just changed my whole world because my parents are gone. My grandparents are gone. Uh, my old, you know, Randy's gone. And this was, we're 55 years old. This isn't supposed to happen. Randy was my ally with my uh, three other brothers. It was like the two of us against them three all the time. You know, Joe, <laughs> yes. Michael did today and what he should have done and he didn't do. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Randy was my ear and everything. So I thought, I you know, I've lost my ally. And then that's the day I knew after, even though I had this great career, I had no intentions of leaving. I, I don't think they had intentions of asking me to leave. But I said, you know what? It's time for me to go. So that's when I made my decision. And they wouldn't let me go. I had to go. I, I actually, it took six months. They wanted a six month notice. I don't know why, but I said, okay, so that's fine. <laughs> they but, loved you. That's why they loved you. And they, and family came for, and I'm so sorry about your brother because that's a terrible tragedy for a twin. And I can't even imagine. Okay. And I'm so sorry. And for your older brother as well. And Family was for someone else, it might have been, well, I'll figure it out. But for you, Richard Nestor, there was no way. Your family came first. You know, you needed to help your two brothers. And in fact, when your mom passed away, they lost their house and you got them an apartment to live in. Uh, it took you about an hour <laughs> to yeah. pull it together. And they've been living in that apartment for 12 years. Is that accurate? Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that's a whole other situation where my mother, you know, hey, loved her to death. Nobody was a better son and companion and friend and were to my mother than me. And But she had a gambling problem. And, and and I always knew that, don't get me wrong, but it was just that one day after she passed away and I told my older brother to, you know, just please just leave all the mail in a pile. When I come home, I'll look after it. And then I just saw a piece of paper and I called that number with the SB. You were here at this, my mother's house. And, oh yeah. They're, they're going to be evicted in five weeks. This is in January. Good Lord. But I happened to be there that week anyway, with a big file folder of, you know, apartments we're going to look at. Cause I knew they weren't going to stay in the house. So, and I just, I, and then I have my three brothers looking at me like, what are you going to do? And like anybody, uh, there's no rule books to go, okay, now what do you do when this happens in your family and in your life? And I had two choices. I could get down on the floor, get in the fetal position, cry, and oh, woe is me. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I just called the, the apartment, which is literally a five-minute walk in the same neighborhood because I wanted, I didn't want much change for my brothers. I said, you have a three-bedroom apartment? Yes. When can we see it? She goes, when you want to get an appointment? I said, now. I had my brothers go over there, choose an apartment. So within 10 minutes, I would say that within that hour, okay, you've got an apartment. That was January 6th. The house was staged from the 6th to the 8th. The house went up for sale on the 8th. Everything was done. Paid off everything that needed to be paid off. And get them. And okay, and start living, you know, because... I, they couldn't do it, so I had to do it. Yeah. And and then when Randy passed away, because Randy was a big help to me when all that happened, then when I decided, well, well eventually I'm going to have to come back to Niagara. So that's when I chose to come back here. And and I said, well, okay, when I move back to Niagara, I'm going to work in a winery and do plays and everything else. And then I was all settled in. I, I love my brand new home. I love my, you know, I see old friends still and 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 family that still live here. And then 10 months later, my older brother died of pancreatic cancer. And he was the one looking after my other two brothers. So now there was seven of us, and now there's two. And my biggest fear my entire life was, oh, I'm gonna have to look after my brothers, Johnny and Kevin. Well, 
I never even had a cat, even when I was living in Toronto. And now all of a sudden, I I look after two households and driving my brother, especially during COVID here, picking them up for this and, you know, making sure they go to the doctors and the dentists and making sure they've got food and dinner. Well, that's what you do. Now I'm retired. And, you know, in the meantime, in between all that, I'm rehearsing a play or something or talking (laughs) to you. Or talking to me, which is so nice. You're a caregiver. You've always been a caregiver and a very outward focused person. And I remember your birthday. Are you shocked that I remember? And I didn't look this up. October 28th. Yeah. How do you know? It's my son's birthday. So I never forgot that about you. (laughs) Yeah. I always remembered when you said that. I thought, no wonder I like this guy so much. He's born on on my son's birthday. On the day, Richard, that you made the on-air announcement that you were leaving the channel, the shopping channel, after two decades, after 23 years, and I believe it was on December 16th, 2016, if I'm correct? Yes. Everybody was in tears, including you. Can you tell us what happened uh, on that day? Like, Do you remember just making even that announcement? I wanted to tell the viewers that it was, and I, and I went to the president and everything, can I do this? Because I didn't want anybody thinking that, okay, you know, he was pushed out or, or you know, something like that. And, and that wasn't the case, but I wanted, and I wanted to say, you know, thank you. I mean, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have had this career for 23 years. I mean, they would have, you know, if the viewers didn't like me and, and we didn't get along or, you know, say, well, I don't like that guy, get him off the air or something. They're, they, it's because of them I had this wonderful, wonderful career. So I had to say goodbye and I had to say thank you. You know, and yes, it was ner- it was nerve wracking, but I still have no regrets. Hey, do, hey, they've asked me back a few times. I've had been back a few times. It's wonderful, but you know, life changes and your circumstance changes. So you just do what you have to do. You actually reimagined. We're going to get to that in a minute, but you were reimagined and reconfigured, and the the word of the day pivoted uh, way before the pandemic. Let's let's have a listen. Now, speaking of Richard Nestor. <laughs> He's standing by in the other studio, and he's got a very big, very important announcement to make. Richard? Thank you, Sean. First of all, I want to thank all the powers that be, Anne and Graham, for letting me have this time to chat with each and every one of you. And I just want to make this announcement that, yes, I'm going to take an early retirement. And uh, and I just want to make it clear right now that it's been wonderful here at the Shopping Channel, but it's a semi-retirement. I just want to make sure all of you realize that, that I will be back at some point, you know, here and there. I will talk about that a little later. And, and I it has... 100% my decision for this. I just want to make that also clear. I was not in Ann, our new president's office, and a Kim and Co. pushing a Dyson and a pair of Ron Whites. That never happened. But I just want to say thank you for being with me all these years and making it fun and memorable. When you hear that, what do you think, Richard? Yeah, well, just it just kind of brings the little butterflies back and everything. Because I was I was very kind of nervous. When I was, you know, about to say it, when Sean was introducing me, I know he was taking a different, a little bit of his show, just, you know, say hello to me and then make my announcement. So yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking, but you know what? To me right now, it is still the right decision. It was the right thing to do. I was also so touched when I saw the video of all the hosts, your colleagues coming in on their day off. And I wanted to explain for the listeners, when you have a day off from the shopping channel, you need that day off. You're exhausted. And all of them came in. And I'm not talking about three or four. I'm talking, it felt like there were 20 people on the set and they came to present you with a portrait they did of you that they all signed and presented to you with a cake and lots of hugs and tears. What are your memories of that day in the studio? Because we do have a clip of that because I found that to be just incredible when they all start to file in one by one to be there for you and to support you and to definitely shed some tears as well. I know it it felt like a little bit almost like this is your life. Remember that show years yes, ago? Yes. Like, like, wow, wow, this is so <laughs> nice because I, I knew I was, and, and that also made it sad in the back of my mind because I know you, you were there for a number of months. I, I was all, I'm trying to think, I, I can't even think. I, I think I have forgotten more what I sold on the air than what I actually can remember what I sold on the air. So, but actually knowing this will be my last show 
Hayes luggage as a full-time host after all these years, you know, uh, it, it, it was sad. But then when, you, well, when I would see all these lovely faces coming in, you know what, you just feel like, wow, I feel so appreciated. You know, I'm so blessed. I'm so, you know, you talk about bliss. That was my bliss that night. I was just on cloud nine, just knowing, I just felt a lot of love in that room. They're, they're so, there really was, they wheeled in a cake and they just were all, all there. Anyway, we have a, we have a clip of what happened. Let's have a listen to that moment in the studio. We have had the, the joy of working on the shopping channel for 21 years as you have. Yes. We've grown up together. We've had the opportunity to work on so many shows together. Can I just say this gentleman has been, a, it's our, been our distinct pleasure to work with him. He's been a true professional, top to bottom, done a great job. It's been, uh, it's been a delight, and we're, we're sorry to see you go, but we wanted to say on behalf of Hayes and the Shopping Channel, two proud Canadian uh, organizations, Absolutely. we'd like to thank a true Canadian as well. Thank Richard, you. we're going to miss you. you. Thank you so much. We're going to miss you, and thank you, thank thank you so thank much you. for all your effort. We'd like to present to you a token of our appreciation, a three-piece set oh, from Hayes and from you. the Shopping Channel. Thank you, I appreciate I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to walk over here. I love Hayes. Wow, thank you very much. We are delighted to present to you a beautiful set that's called FVT Canada. That is gorgeous. FVT means Fernando Volcantogni, the Brazilian designer that has created wow. this. And if you look closely, there are look at iconic that. Canadian Thank images you. throughout the entire set. Before you say your words, <laughs> okay. hi everybody, I'm Ann Martin Vachon and I'm the president of the Shopping Channel. I've been here for four months today um, oh, really? and I've had the wow. privilege, yes, and I've had the privilege to spend quite some time with Richard. Um, on behalf of the Shopping channel and on behalf of all of our customers we want to thank you richard for the wonderful 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 <laughs> 21 years um as oh i told god. you once <laughs> the crew is oh here. my god as I the gang is all here yeah. oh. as i told you once you have caring written oh, all over thank your you. forehead, thank caring you. for your customers, caring for your peers, caring for, for your fellow wow. Shopping Channel employees. And on behalf of everybody, thank you. Thank you Cheers. very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have to say. So incredible. Really, really <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful stuff. I, I, you know, this is what you want in, in a career as an actor, as an on-air person, is to have that kind of, you know, that kind of feeling from the people you work with and the people you work for. And it's just, it's so, it's so impressive. And I, I love that. Again, as I mentioned this earlier, that even before the pandemic, you learned how to pivot very, very quickly. You had two wishes on your wish list: to get a job in a winery and a job as an actor on stage in a play. And you got both on the same day. On the same day. I, I can't even, I can't even imagine. Uh, what was that moment? I, I was going to say on air and on stage, I know that you come across as caring and compassionate, friendly, warm, you're funny, you're engaging, a gentleman. You need that on the shopping channel. And now all of a sudden you're pivoting and you're at your first audition. This isn't for millions of people on camera. This is probably in a small theater. Yeah. And but it's a whole different construct, right? It's and what were you nervous that day oh. of that audition? What happened? Every single one. I mean, all five plays that I had auditioned for and I get the part for and I did get the part. When I just started them, I you know, I can't do this. I just can't do this. You know, I'm, and I, 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 even with the last one, Mamma Mia, I do re recall now writing the director and kindly saying, you know, I think I'm going to have to drop out. You know, I, this is, you know, this is just way too much. You know what? They kind of talked me out of it. And then I, you know, I just, some people need to rehearse something four or five times. I needed 14 times in a musical, but hey, I did it. So, you know what? You just have to kind of believe in yourself and it'll happen. Are you a singer, Richard? Because I have this feeling that there's a lot of singing in you and that you your eyes light up when you say the word musical. I wish I could see you in one. Well, hopefully soon. But, you know, um, you know I'm, I'm a, I sing in the car and resort karaoke. I, I was <laughs> so, you know, I was in awe and both uh, Damn Yankees and both in Mamma Mia. I recommend anybody that wants to be an actor, an actor, do 
plays because you have no idea how much you learn doing a play than you would in any classroom or any or any textbook because it is phenomenal and it is uh i'll tell you 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 learn a whole lot and you take it with you so it's it's and then when when you see it all pulled together at the end it's magical it's just magical but was I nervous? It's completely nervous on the first day. I, I, I think it was, you were a natural though. And I think that this was a real thrill for you and is still a thrill for you to be, to be in a play. Is this really like your main vocation right now? Is this your main sort of purpose is doing theater? Yeah, doing theater. And also I, I, I got myself an agent a couple of years ago and now, and I didn't like them at first doing self tape auditions, but now instead of driving all the way to Toronto for a, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, moments, uh, for an audition and driving three hours back in the traffic, you know, this is the perfect time, uh, to do self tape. So I've been doing that. I've been doing a lot of auditions. In fact, I did a little commercial for Phantom Screen and then I did, uh, something on Salvage Kings. And so that's always fun, but because because of what's going on right now, plays are kind of taking a little bit of a background. We were so blessed on, in 2020 on March the 8th was our last performance wow. of Mamma Mia. And then I went to Toronto to visit a friend. We were having dinner and he was going to take me to the ballet. I haven't been to the ballet in years on March 13th, just a few days after my play finished. And we went for dinner and then we got that cancellation. And that's when the world changed. I know. It's incredible. It's yeah. just incredible uh-huh. what happened in that March that we would never have believed. No. And, you know, but now they're talking about Stratford, you know, has some outdoor theater and Broadway is talking about reopening. And and I interviewed Cynthia Dale and that's been a big thing for her, of course. Oh, she was so wonderful. And imagine a girl who had been doing this for her entire life since she was five years old and Finian's rainbow at the Royal Alex. And then suddenly lives at Stratford and then suddenly no theater. Like that's her calling. Right. right. But funnily enough, I think, I think it might be yours as well, which is so cool. So I'm going to, we're, we're going to look forward to hearing more things about you as an actor. And we're going to uh, have you on again to talk about them. And you have an amazing voice. Are you doing voiceover work as well? Thank you. They just started doing voiceovers a few months ago. So I've been getting a number of auditions for cartoons, which I absolutely love. And and, and, and another great thing is you don't have to comb your hair. So when you're doing the audition, so that, that, that I'm, I'm loving those. Yes. So the voiceovers, yes, I've done a number of those so far. That's okay. You're a big believer both on stage and in life that you have to rehearse things before they happen so that you're well prepared. You use that word a lot, rehearsal. Can you talk to us about why rehearsing and rehearsals are so important metaphorically, even in life? Well, it's just what happened with my brothers in my life situation. I mean, something so tragic. There'd be years, like I said, my father died in 1997. So it'd be, it was many a night I would lie in bed at night and would always rehearse. My mind would be, what, what would happen if mom died? What happened? So my key to any of your listeners right now, anybody that, and especially women and men that, you know, are blessed to be in the sandwich situation where they're looking after their parents because they're blessed to still have them and they, and they have their own children. Everything's fine. But one day they get that phone call and things just change drastically, whether it was an injury or something. You, to me, if you have, you've rehearsed it, you've made a plan, whether it's like, are we going to have that individual in our home? Are we going to maybe hire help for them? Instead of finding all those answers when you need them now, what's wrong with checking them? That's why I get upset with individuals that are you know young couples with little babies and they don't have a will. Well, no, you know, that's part of life. Talk about a will and then just forget about it. But always be prepared because, you know, like I said, I'm not immune to it. You're not immune to it. I, you know, all the hosts, all the things that we all went through behind the camera and that we had to go back on air, you know, five, four, three, two, one with smiling faces and, and having a good time. Nobody knows what's going on. I had a nurse call me when I was looking after my uncle before he passed away. And at the after eight, the nurse called me and said, your uncle just passed away. And then I have to go back on at nine o'clock and do a show. So, you know, you just have to put on that happy face. But if you're prepared and you're rehearsed and you don't leave anything to chance. So, you know what? Just be ready. You know, just be ready. That's right. That's so true. It's such true. My daughter is an actress uh, and a singer at at Sheridan going into her fourth year at Sheridan Musical Theater. Beautiful singer. And 
she is so conscientious and well-rehearsed. And I think of you because I know that that's something that you really have in common is just be ready. And then whatever, yeah. whatever happens, you're, you're, you're ready for it. There's nothing you couldn't sell on the shopping channel. It was effortless for you. And right. it didn't matter what it was, jewelry, a oh. uh, home care, George Foreman grill, uh, the, the tree skirts. <laughs> oh, lots of those. Did you have a favorite thing to sell? You know what? I like shows with two things. I think I re I really loved and every show. Cause I, as you know, you know, many of the guests became good friends. Like Leslie Young, I did hundreds of shows with her. So we go out for dinner in between, we meet afterwards and all this kind. So jewelry show was fun. But I love fitness shows because there was action. I love Rosalie Brown, Tony Little. Anyway, <laughs> uh, when, um, when Billy Blanks, remember when the Tybo craze? Yes. And when, when we have a lot of people in the studio and, and, and you know, you'd have whether it was uh, Zumba or whether it was Tybo. I love those kind of shows. One time I did a show with Jackie Ray and the Spitfire Band, and it was a 1940s huge orchestra, and we all wore tuxedos. I just felt like, you know, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope that evening. It was so much fun. And I love cooking shows. When when I always call anything, I use it as an adjective. Like every everybody who comes on the shopping channel, they want the next George Foreman grill because we sold tens and tens and tens of thousands of those. And you know, there's just so much going on when Wolfgang Puck and his crew or, or Curtis Stone and his crew would come to the shopping channel. There's just so much going on. It's not just to, to do the show, but, you know, even for the viewers to watch, you know, their close ups on the food and the befores and the afters and then watching it cook. And then you go to the next item and there's just so much going on. I love cooking shows and I love the fitness show because there's lots to do. What do you think characterizes you as such an incredible host? I know you, you don't want to probably, probably say that about oh. yourself, but but really, because you were sort of the guy, what do you think it was in your personality, in your background that made you such a phenomenal host? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Do you know what? People, I've had people ask me that, like, I mean, how could you talk all that time <laughs> and many, many years ago? And then I you know, go and like, come here, I'll give you the secret. And then I go, mortgage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I have bills to pay like everybody else. Yeah. But you know what, Judy, people say this to me all the time and, and, and thank you, but it's, it's fun. I mean, what do I do for a living? I mean, I'm sitting with Joan Rivers and then we're talking about <laughs> jewelry. The, you know, I, I had the, like, the easiest job. Like, I mean, when I think of what's going on now with the healthcare workers or people working in a grocery store, working like all these one, you know, hard, difficult hours and masks on and everything. I sat in the studio or whether I was, you know, cooking with Wolfgang Puck or selling jewelry with Joan Rivers. But my number one thing is it had to be fun. And, you know, because, you know, the hours that I did, I worked till 1 a.m. most of my career. Career, that I'd always say if it's 1230 at night, it's already 2 a.m. in Newfoundland. So if somebody's watching from Newfoundland, they're probably, you know, if I'm not excited, if I'm not having fun, how am I going to get them to the phone and have, you know, and somebody will say, well, Richard, you don't like everything. And I'm going, well, maybe I don't like everything and I don't need everything. But my job as a host, that there's a woman right now in Saskatchewan that wants to buy this. And my job is to tell her about it. But if, can I have a few laughs while I'm doing it? Absolutely. I love to make fun of my own family. Or if I know a family member was watching, I'd kind of sneak something in. <laughs> but it was, to me, the number one thing was laughter and then get back to business. Absolutely. The viewers loved you. And in fact, you met many of them at shopping oh. malls. And I think even once with Joan Rivers, meet and greets. Yeah. Was there a viewer that stood out for you or a moment that stood out with you with a viewer that where you met them and you just felt so great about it? I, there's so many, there's so many that I've even, there's, there's one woman, her name's Helen, that we've been friends probably for about eight years now. I still have not met her, but we talk on the phone all the time. I've had friends where I would actually, there was a woman who was a huge fan of the shopping channel. And, and then we finally, we met for lunch and she then ended up moving up to Wasega beach. So I, w I went up to Wasega beach and we went out for lunch Aww. and, and I've done that on many occasions. I've actually, you know, had lunch with viewers and I meet, I just, Patricia, I, I don't know if you saw on my, on my Facebook page, she came from Victoria to visit her son and they wanted to meet Niagara on the Lake. This was like two weeks ago. And I'm still flattered. I mean, I had three crew members come to visit me 
was it last Monday? And they spent the whole afternoon and we went out for lunch and then they came back here. And I'm thinking, I've been gone five years. It's been five years and still a viewer wants to have lunch or a crew member wants to drop in and, and have coffee with me. I feel very blessed. What is bliss for Richard Nestor? Family and friends. And knowing everybody's healthy. Like I, I think in the past six years, I've had about seven or eight people. I always say that I share DNA with that are gone. But I keep thinking also, I'm here for a reason. Why, like my parents, I, I passed the cemetery. I can, I, I can see their headstones because I bought these flowers. So I know exactly when I'm driving, I can see their headstones because mm-hmm. I passed it quite often during the week. And they're thinking, okay, he's looking after Johnny and Kevin. <laughs> He's looking at. So I think my, I always think everything is connected to everything. And, and I even ask myself, well, why am I left? Why isn't, why wasn't it Michael? And why wasn't it Randy? Well, they know that I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's a bit of a pain in the butt. I'm the one that wants to get things done. I'm the fixer. So I'm here to make sure things run smoothly until, you know, somebody else takes the reins. And you've also brought a lot of bliss to so many people, the people you work with and the and really the millions of viewers oh, all across this country. And I have to say, it's been such an honor and a privilege to have you and really thrilling to have you to see your face again. And it's so wonderful. What is the best way, Richard, for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? I'm still on Facebook. So you're just Richard Nestor. And even on Instagram, I still get viewers, you know, like yesterday, even sending me messages. And I answer, you know, I try and answer everybody. You know, years ago before social media, I have a big file folder. I have some of the most beautiful letters uh-huh. that I still cherish when people would write letters rather than send. We didn't even, I don't even know if I had an email. Maybe I had an email, but we had no social media. There was no Facebook or anything like that. So, you know, I am very blessed. I have, I've had a wonderful career. Now I'm retired and, and it's kind of like a Ricky time now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I want to do a play. That's what I want to do. I like to do plays. I can't wait. We're going to look out for it. We're going to, we're going to publicize it on this show and we're going to be rooting for you and hopefully seeing you in it. I can't yeah. wait for that. I want to thank you so much, Richard Nestor, for being on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. We thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, Judy. It's lovely seeing you again. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And I just finished my wonderful interview with Richard Nestor, and we have a clip now of Richard singing from the musical Damn Yankees. Let's roll that clip. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Wow, Richard, that was so good. Each week, we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, writer, or anyone who is found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. We also encourage you to visit us at Finding Your Bliss magazine, also at findingyourbliss.com. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, let me know. You can reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. In Bliss News, we're so excited to announce an exciting new initiative created in part by Canadian media icon Erica M. called 
the Inside Out Initiative. And they're kicking off this wonderful program for teens from August 30th until September 3rd. As Eric explained, when COVID hit, I witnessed the impact it had on my teens and their friends. The best term I've heard to describe teens today is languishing. It's like they've lost their way during the pandemic. I needed to do something about it, so I'm excited and nervous to have co-founded the Inside Out Initiative, a not-for-profit startup. So in two weeks, August 30th to September 3rd, their first event, the Academy Boot Camp, kicks off five transformative half-day sessions for teens aged 13 to 20 to start the school year or gap year on the right foot and get inspired for their future. Over five days, teens will be asked to look inside to discover their passion, purpose, and potential. We love that on this show. The program has really unique content, passionate and diverse guest speakers, and ideas that will really challenge kids to think differently about themselves. Every day packed into the 2.5 hours from 10.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. will be a keynote Real Talk presenter, two interviewees, a youth and adult daily and 45 minutes of personalized coaching. This is not school. This is not work. It will be entertaining and fun. To get in on the wonderful boot camp, just go to www.ioi.live. And it just sounds fantastic. Congratulations to Erica and all of the people that she is working with on her team to make this exciting initiative happen. Also coming up on the show next week, we're excited to welcome mindfulness expert and director of meditation for health, Dr. Lucinda Sykes on the program. Dr. Lucinda is a member of the Canadian Neurovascular Health Society, a registered non profit organization in support of people living with MS and related conditions. And she will be teaching mindfulness daily at the CNHS online retreat from August 20th to 27th. This five-day event will be free of charge with speakers on topics of diet, movement, life skills, and of course, mindfulness. You can check it out at www.cnhs.ca. Also coming up later on in the program, we have the uber-talented singer-songwriter musician Ezra Jordan singing an incredible song from his latest EP, 117. I would like to thank my guest, Richard Nestor, for being on the show today. And thank you to Mag Ruffman, producer Siobhan Kylie, senior editor Haley Allegia, and our intern Lauren Kaminsky. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center, and everyone here at Zoomer. This show has been recorded by Squadcast. We're going to close out the show with a short meditation that will help you become aware of tension while experiencing stillness. Start the practice of stillness by finding a comfortable place to sit with your back upright and your hands held loosely in your lap or place palms down on your knees. Sway gently from side to side three times and then come upright and remain still. Now allow your awareness to travel around your body, starting with the feet. Move upward to the crown of the head. Do this slowly and notice what you find. Do you feel in touch with every part of your body? Are there tensions anywhere? Can you let them all go with a nice deep inhale and a slow exhale? And once more, deep inhale in through the nose, letting it go and enjoying the stillness and calm. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to be still and take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.